Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We're a podcast of Burn Orange Nation. You can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends. Maybe you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content, you can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod, Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by my tag team partner, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I appreciate that lead-in because that's timely. That is I'm not going to tip it too much, but uh, you you know how to you know how to cut a shoot, Gerald. I've I've always uh, I've always said that about you. You cut a mean promo. You uh, you know how to work a mic. You know you have all the tools. You know, some are known for their ring work, some are known for their mic work. I'm definitely one that's known for uh, not my athletic prowess, but my mic work. So the big news this week for the football team, Kyle, is that a wide receiver room that has already gotten some boosts this offseason, whether it be Jordan Whittington's alleged health or Jatavian Sanders, who's a, more of a tight end, but uh, he's coming on. They've got Isaiah Nayer coming in, came in already from the portal. They got another bit of big news. Former Alabama wide receiver Ajay Hall announced via Twitter that after visiting campus, he, once he completes his semester at Alabama and makes sure the academics are squared away, will be transferring to the University of Texas to join uh, guys that he was recruited by. He was recruited directly by Jeff Banks, and obviously he was recruited initially to play in Sark's offense uh, in that recruiting class, part of the 2021 recruiting cycle. So, Kyle, this this wide receiver room has already just blown up uh, this offseason, and the, the pass catchers in the offense have blown up. But uh, what does a Jai Hall bring that you're excited about uh, for the future? Well, you know how stacked the Alabama receiver room has been the past couple years, and he was a piece that basically anyone who, who follows that team covers that team recruiting folks just assumed would be the next step in that, that pipeline. They had four first-round picks uh, receiver. Um, so – he had uh, a breakout spring game last year. Uh, I think he had like four catches for 80 yards or something and just looked to be electric. And then due to injuries in the national championship game, I think he had two catches for over 50 yards. So we saw a little bit of what he can do. Um, didn't play a ton, but I think they had expectations for him uh, this year and, and, of course, next year. Um, so he's young, right? He he's basically comes in with the same age as Xavier Worthy. They, they were two of the best if not the two best receivers in that class um so you know he, you bring immediate just another athletic weapon um a guy at 6'3 close to 200 um with with great speed great kind of movement there's a couple things um you know you could look at xavier worthy um separated himself and made that step up so he's already done it on the field but i mean you could see a a breakout type of year uh from Ajay as well. Um, it's kind of crazy to think what they'll do next to each other. And then you just, like you mentioned, you, you have Billingsley also coming in from Alabama, but, uh, and Nayor and Whittington. And, and, you know, if you get anything out of the remaining uh, guys who we were maybe expecting a lot of this point or uh, six months ago, right before the portal, we were expecting a lot out of Marcus Washington. We were expecting, you know, is Covante Dixon going to finally take the, the, the consistent step up? Um, anyone in, in that wide receiver room, you know, it, 
we were expecting a lot of them. If you get anything out of any of those players now, um, that's Lanyap, right? That's luxury because I think the expectation is that Nayor, Hall, uh, Worthy, and Whittington as the four kind of top receiving threats in different packages and different schemes, and sometimes all four of them out there, uh, will be really interesting in addition to the tight end threats. And then, of course, we talked about getting the ball to the running backs in the passing game as well. So it's just another weapon in an offense that uh, its skill position right now seems to be very, very loaded. This went from a position of question to, you know, very close to a position of strength. I do want to see uh, it on the field, right? You want a guy who did it in uh, high school and and, uh, a a guy who did it in a smaller conference. Both came in in the portal, but I think the upside of what they could be in a Sark offense is – the ceiling is is crazy high. For context, he would have been the second highest rated player in that 2021 class if he had been in addition at that point behind Jatavian Sanders, but ahead of Xavier Worthy, I think uh, he was like the number two receiver in the country. Worthy was like the number eight receiver in the country at that point. But when you think back to Sark coming in, he had comments about Ferraris in the garage and uh, the the additional Ferraris in the garage that they've added this offseason. And Brennan Thompson, who is blowing people off of the track currently, is still in high school. So if he comes in even remotely ready to run some routes, the wide receiver rotation is going to be fast. It's going to be good. It's going to be explosive. And that's exactly what Texas needs. And if you look at the, the year where Sark got a wide receiver, the Heisman, there were still plenty of catches to go around. Three guys were averaging more than like five catches a game in that offense. So there's a lot of balls to go around uh, and Texas can spread it around quite a bit there. I think um, the thing with the Jai Hall and, and Alabama fans are like, Oh, good luck with him. He's an attitude problem or whatever. What one of the things that we have to remember with uh, recruits in general, like 18-year-olds, and, and this 2021 class specifically, all these guys committed to schools without ever taking an official visit. And so, like, there's something yep. to be said about finding the right place for you, and in a changing environment can change a lot of things for people. His dad, actually, after the visit, yeah. told reporters that, like, if we had visited Texas, we had been able to visit Texas, Texas if COVID hadn't happened, we may have ended up here in the first place. And so they're... There's a lot to be said about um, a changing environment giving him a fresh opportunity and a fresh start to, to make things right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love a good redemption story. Um, the, the, the angle of Sark, and he was obviously recruited by Jeff Banks, is, is there. There's no doubt. But, you know, just a brief reminder that the 2021 Bolitnikoff Award winner, Jordan Addison, um, who is, you know, a good receiver, but you look at the, the clay that uh, Coach Marion uh, has to mold in, in Worthy and uh, in Hall. And, I mean, again, the four guys we just, just uh, mentioned. Um, there, there is a lot of talent here when you bring Sark's offense, you bring the, what Marion has done. Um, and, uh, again, no offense to Kenny Pickett, who's a great quarterback, but, you know, the, the upside of what yours can be, whether it's this year or by next year, uh, you just look at, why not? Why can't one of these guys buck up and become that level of receiver, right? Either Alabama first round or Bolitnikov winning uh, wide receiver. So there's a lot of reason to be excited here on the offensive side of the ball, and, and this is the latest. Texas probably not done in the portal. They've got Caleb Johnson, who took a visit early this week. O'Shawn Mathis still ready to decide, but overall a rather successful offseason in the transfer portal texas addressing uh especially if they land those last two guys uh most yeah. if not all of the pressing needs uh in the transfer portal texas at all. yeah i mean if you, if you go back a little bit all the way back to you know Ewers feels like he's been here for a while um and i guess multiple times but when, when we actually got him um and uh you know we watts also like you, you got 
uh, some Ohio State flips and an Ohio State transfer. You have the, the guys we've already talked about, the guys you just mentioned who could be next on the defensive side of the ball. Um, th- there, there was a lot in this transfer portal. This was there were questions coming in, and, and you know, just a, a little bit. It, obviously, twenty-two guys play or start. Many, many more guys play, so it's a lot more people. But think back to where we were saying when Shaka was still the coach, and it's like, man, I don't know what he's going to do with this roster. It's going to huge amount of turnover. It's going to be a hole. And, and then you know, Beard came in and, and went hard into the portal, and you know. Did he win a national championship? No. <laughs> and there were some crazy people who may have thought <laughs> in the beginning that that's what happened. But he went and assembled a team out of the portal, addressed knees, and got a you know a team that competed, right? A team that was a tournament team, and and you know if things broke better, could have could have gone deeper. And so you look at uh, again the idea of Texas in the portal. Um, they've been baseball. Skylar Messenger's having a good season, and they track i mean they are going to be a force in every sport in the nil era in the portal and football is is certainly proving that right now we will get to see hall in the spring game but we will get to see uh billingsley and nayer in the spring game as well as uh some of the other defensive transfers as well so we'll be back on saturday to talk following the spring game we'd love to have you as part of our post game live stream uh, and if not we'll post it on the podcast feed so you can catch it later all right, so Gerald, let's take a, a, a quick run around the world uh, after you leave the 40 and other through Burnburn's lenses. Gerald, this uh, past weekend, we had a, a tradition around here where a UT golfer wins every available golf tournament. Um, I think uh, Scotty Scheffler plus Jordan Spieth have won like five of seven or eight tournaments that have played this year in the world of professional uh, PGA golf. They are, they are unbeatable. The University of Texas, I said, on joked on the Tuesday show, is the epicenter of the golf world. And what I specifically was referencing was on Easter Sunday, the RBC Heritage, Jordan Spieth uh, won on the first hole of sudden death playoff against Patrick Cantlay uh, at the Harbor Town Golf Links. Gerald, this was Spieth's 13th career PGA Tour, his first since the 2021 Valero Open. Does the PGA have a... Texas problem or is a Texas Longhorn just going to win every PGA event from from here on out? I mean, it, it it seems likely. I like I bet Tom Kite could dust him off and, and win one at this point. But no, honestly, like let's get give me some Bo Hostler. Like let's get Jonathan Vegas. You know, he's finished some Doug Gim. Where you at, my guy? Yeah, come on, Doug. Dylan Fratelli was actually in the news. He had a, a shot where he hit a ball out of a tree. It was very creative, very clever, and ended up working really well. The greatest par save. But then they 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 actually docked him. Uh, two two strokes because he didn't do it from standing, whatever it is, sideways basically as your approach to hit the ball. He stood direct and went straight on with the club, which again was, I loved it. It's great golf uh, banters, but yeah. So yeah, everything that happens in golf that's worth talking about involves a Texas player. This specific one for Spieth uh, made him the 82nd player to ever reach 13 wins on the PGA Tour, and he's still young. Like he's he's yeah, a lot of times he's just got to get get things going. Uh, my favorite. Interesting note on this, right? I said the Valero was his last win. That was on Easter last year. He has won the past two Easters. Gerald, hmm. do you know what golf tournament is scheduled for Easter next year, 2023? Is it the Masters? It is the Masters. So if Spieth only wins on Easters every year, which is great, that's fine. Uh, he'll at least get one Masters uh, <laughs> in that mix a second for him. But uh, we could have back-to-back Longhorns if that trend holds. But anyways, this move uh, moved him into sole possession. He was tied before third place, passing officially Justin Leonard with his 13th win. Still trailing the duo, the buddies, the, the college teammates of Ben Crenshaw and Tom Kite with 19 each. 
Gerald, the basketball news that uh, we've been, at least I've been salivating. Every clip I can get of this guy right now playing pickup games, playing in, in uh, elite uh also pickup games, uh, but branded pickup games that uh, are all-star <laughs> games playing in, in gymnasiums. I'm, I'm, I'm consuming every bit of media. Dylan Mitchell was named the Jordan brand game MVP. Uh, they've canceled the past two of these, so he's the first one uh, in three years. But I think Mo Bamba and Matt Campbell were the last two Longhorns to participate in this game, and he went out and became the MVP, scored 18. We know what he can do on the defense, and we know what his athleticism is. Again, it's an exhibition game. But there's no doubt that Dylan Mitchell is rising up in every recruiting ranking on three. He already has him as the number two in the, in the country, um, but is, is rapidly rising up the boards. Um, are you as excited for this guy to get on campus with his freak athleticism as I am? I mean, how could you not be? Like, this is one of the biggest – there were a couple of deficiencies that Texas had this year, but I think one of the biggest deficiencies was just, like, athleticism and explosiveness, and, and this guy has both in spades. And so I think this is – if Texas can – find a, a true point guard or facilitator retains the talent that it hopefully can. Uh, and some of the elder guys that aren't going to go pro, I think Texas hopefully should be much improved next year. All right, Gerald. And, and speaking of those people who still had eligibility left, we haven't heard from everyone yet, but we did get a big piece of news this week uh, in Timmy Allen uh, staying home. He's got one more year to, uh, to, to use of eligibility and he wants to spend it at the university of Texas and his Instagram post he said, you know, one more chance to win it all with his brothers. And I, not his actual brother, I don't believe uh, he's coming in the portal, but uh, with his Texas Longhorn brethren. So huge ad, Timmy Allen, um, you know, or huge, I guess, news, not an ad, but Timmy Allen was in probably five, six, seven games this season, uh, just by far Texas' best player on the court. There was some conversation about in the biggest games against super athletic teams, you know, what he could do. But I think, again, we've talked about addressing that. Uh, some of that athleticism uh, gap with the new guys coming in. And so it would be interesting if his role shifts and changes the same as we speculated with Marcus Carr, if he comes back, what that role might look like. So still some interesting, a lot, long basketball offseason uh, portal and, and team composition and, and uh, all those things still to come. But uh, Timmy Allen running it back. I mean, you could never be mad about getting the guy back who led your team in field goal percentage and scoring and rebounding like you're, you're never mad mm -hmm. about getting that guy back so regardless of the role he plays no way. uh it, it's a it's a boon for texas and again i think the chemistry the makeup of this team is going to be different because i think uh with marcus carr probably playing closer to his natural position that'll allow timmy allen to be uh, a little freer as well because marcus carr will be able to create his own shot uh, and create some offense and that will uh have multiple offensive options and we saw that teams really crowded down low and, and that was a detriment to Allen's game and so his ability uh, to be productive even though again he was the team's leading scorer uh, was stymied a bit especially in, in some big spots and so adding Morris adding uh, all the other freshmen adding uh, a guy we'll talk about in just a second who can distribute the ball uh, it, it, I think Timmy Allen's going to look different and potentially better. Uh, and you mentioned NIL in, in the transfer portal stuff. Guys like Timmy Allen, who who will probably not ever see their name on an NBA roster, uh, so they're evaluating, like, do I want to play in Lithuania or do I want to play in America for another year and get some NIL money uh, playing at the University of Texas? That's a, a legitimate thing. And so for those types of guys, this that's that's the impact NIL can have, not just for Texas, but, but for the players themselves. So it's cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about it, Gerald, the uh, – uh, the portal 
um, continues to to be an important tool for Chris Beard as he uh, added a uh, his first transfer of this offseason, Sergibari Rice from uh, New Mexico State, kind of the swing guard. Uh, a lot of people were saying we'll fill the Febris role. I'll be curious to see if the, what exactly his game is. And, hey, if you want to fill the Febris role from pre-injury Febris, I think uh, that's that's fantastic. But a 6'4", 180-pound guard, uh, originally from Houston, from Sugarland, uh, has one year of eligibility left, basically, as a super senior. Um, and he, last year, averaged 12 points a game, five rebounds, and like Gerald said, 3.2 assists, so a guy who can contribute in multiple ways. He's also, uh, you know, a, a mid-30s uh, career three-point shooter. You hope that, you know, can bump that up even to the high 30s and, and really uh, can be a contributor uh, as, a, as a shooter, as another weapon to help, like you talked about, spread the floor a little bit, uh, have a gunner to create a little bit more space. Again, Texas needs more uh, both offensive options, and you mentioned the the pre-injury for Bress. Like, I really wish, wish Texas got to see a healthy Jace for Bress for longer than they did uh, because I think that, that guy would be a legend. That guy would be one of those guys that we talk about. Like, oh, you remember Jace for Bress? That dude was incredible. And I think still there are there were spots where Jace for Bress was incredible, but, you know, the injuries being what they were. Beard still has some spots to fill. Beard still has some... Uh, some opportunities left, I think, out in the portal, and potentially, you know, yeah. Marcus Carr again still hasn't announced as of nine o'clock on on Wednesday. But uh, Texas should have a good group of talent. Let's try to keep our expectations uh, in check, <laughs> unlike we did uh, last last off season. Uh, but there's a lot of talent here for Texas. Absolutely, and a couple guys who you know are creating some of those spots you talked about, where there may be some additional portal uh, news. Um, we had. Two Texas players, one who was a bit of a surprise, the other who surprised none, who officially entered their names uh, into the portal. And we'll start with, I guess, the unsurprising one. Trey Mitchell has been away from the team um, since at least the last third uh, of the season. This past season um, it became official this week. Uh, so we'll see where he lands. Again, originally came from from UMass, transferred to Texas. Now uh, we'll have his his third destination. And speaking of multiple transfers, um, Devin Askew, who if you technically classify his senior year, where he reclassified, he transferred from his high school uh, and went a year early into college. Uh, this will be uh, every year the past three years. He's 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 effectively gone to a different school and transferred. Uh, originally went to Kentucky again, reclassified when he's a seventeen year old. Uh, to Kentucky then came to Texas and now is back in the portal. Devin Askew is a guy who, you know, I think is a surprise because you, you, you knew there was some talent there. You saw the defense he was willing to play under Beard. There were, he could, he could beat people on the dribble, which no one really had success with last year. And uh, he facilitated a bit. There, there was, you know, uh, kind of a lack of shooting, a hesitancy to, to take the shot for himself. You hoped maybe that could be coached up. And we'll see where he goes in the future. Maybe that is a step that, that he, uh, he takes. But uh, it will not be with the Texas Longhorns. Best of luck to them. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Never upset uh, these guys for doing what's best in their career. So uh, best of luck. Happy trail. Took them horns. Uh, and we'll hopefully we uh, might see in the tournament or something. I don't know. But uh, best of luck to you wherever you land. Absolutely. And one guy, Gerald, who who might come in and immediately have some contribution where Askew uh, was at point guard. Uh, of course, we have Artero Morris, but officially now a three-person class uh, with four-star point guard Rowan Brumbaugh officially signing. He committed in December, but signing his letter of intent with Texas this week. 
this is, again, uh, another distributor point guard, another guy who I think Texas is able to uh, run the offense. He's number 12 point guard in the country, Top another top 80 player. So, re- I mean, a really good recruiting class. Texas probably will. Um, the fact that Texas hasn't been very active in the transfer portal means I think Chris Beard is pretty confident that some of the older guys are going to come back because there's a lot of talent in positions of need for Texas in the portal. Uh, but we haven't heard Texas's name tied to too many guys. So I'm, I'm curious to see that. Uh, if the guys that haven't announced yet will come back with the addition of, you know, Brumbaugh, Mitchell, and, and Morris. This again, I just said it. Like Texas, hopefully, should be vastly improved. A vastly improved and improving all the more rapidly uh, player is uh, Bryce Elder, who we're excited to see. We knew he was going to get up. I actually made the prediction by next year's uh, graphic that showed Longhorns in the MLB. He would be on it. He incredibly uh, fast-tracked my prediction by getting called up uh, this week for the Braves, uh, made his his first and second appearance, his first start um, for the, the world championship, reigning champion Braves. Um, just so awesome to see him. He, he's, you know, had a great, great first start. Second one was a little bumpier. Welcome. You know, he had five walks and a hit batter, but he also got left in and battled out, got bases loaded and, and got himself out of it. Um, you know, he, he did some really good things. And I think the Braves are going to really like uh, what they have in him as he just gets better and better with each year. He's so, so far of ahead of schedule. I saw an athletic article uh, that said from buses to first class flights in nine months. So, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, far ahead of schedule and on the fast track. So excited for him. Like we said, we didn't really expect him to, to make his majors debut for at least another couple of years. I mean, what a, a fifth round guy making it in what two years, I think is, is what it equated to in the, the minors. So like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an impressive outing. He's got, I mean, he's, Hitting, he's got what a seven strikeouts and two appearances, so pretty solid uh, run for him thus far. Absolutely, a uh, a person coming back to the forty acres. Talk about a couple who either are coming for the first time or uh, have left. But women's basketball added to some of their vacant coaching positions, bringing Elena Lovato uh, back to the staff as an associate head coach. She's now spent a total of five seasons on a Vic Schaefer staff, one of those at Texas and most of those at Mississippi State. Uh, she is known for being kind of the recruiting ace of the staff. Uh, she was vital in all of Vic's recruiting you know, classes at Mississippi State and then also vital in that class that uh, included Aaliyah Moore, Rory Harmon, uh, Hunter. I mean, they're, they're really, really good uh, class that was, I think, number four in the country. So excited to get the ace recruiter back on the, the staff and, and you know, a, a great coach back on uh, Vic's team. I mean, it seems like an easy uh, replacement when you lose a bunch of your coaches. Like, oh, there's somebody who's been successful at Texas, and let's get her back on the staff and in a position where, again, Texas has an opportunity to um, – add a coach with national championships in their on their resume uh and again some recruiting championships as well for the Longhorns. so i think it's um a solid pickup and i'm, I'm glad to see her back on the staff I don't, I don't even think i unfollowed her on twitter <laughs> you know yeah i checked on these shows uh not particularly active uh instagram we also were still following her um so welcome back uh, uh coach lovato um Latasha Lattimore was a part of the that recruiting class. She was added at the last minute uh, when the Syracuse coach was fired. She kind of hopped in uh, to 
the swell of momentum to Texas. Uh, and she actually, after her one season at Texas, is entering the transfer portal. She's the first non-senior to depart this year from the Texas program. Again, we know Joanne to Alan Taylor and, and uh, Ebo and some other uh, seniors who finished their eligibility are leaving. But this is a player who had a bright future, had all the intangibles, um, but, you know, Maybe had some competition ahead of her. Maybe thought she could see the playing uh, the floor uh, a little bit earlier elsewhere. And so we wish her luck. There was an opportunity with Lauren Ebo transferring out. Texas needs athletic bigs, and I think she had an opportunity. But if she felt like the writing was on the wall, then I don't blame her one bit. You and I are not the guys to ever blame a player for doing what's in their best interest. If you feel like you've got better opportunities elsewhere, then then go go chase your dream. You only have one career, so go do it. Yeah, six four athletic bigs in the women's game who can dunk are not going to have uh, problems. He's going to get get a, a soft landing. Uh, average three point two points, two point eight rebounds in about ten minutes uh, a game this season. The problem uh, looking towards next season is uh, there's there's Aaliyah Moore who's coming to her own and going to lock down at least one of those uh, post positions. But uh, switching to the portal, different sport. Tyler Johnson, who, who entered the, the portal some weeks ago, has found a landing spot himself, transferring to the U of H Cougars. Tyler Johnson's a weird case that I don't know where it went wrong, and there are a lot of rumors that he was a guy that maybe liked being a Texas football player more than he liked playing football at Texas. You and I don't have sources on, on any of that, and you know it's all unsubstantiated at this point, but I think... Um, Again, if he can land at Houston and get his stuff together, he's a guy with NFL talent, NFL measurables. And so Hugh of H is going to get guys drafted. He'll be right back in the Big 12 here in the next couple of years. And so I think there's an opportunity for him. We wish him well. We hope he finds, you know, whatever it is that's going to spark his fire and, and get him. Because he's a guy who, if he wants it, could probably be an NFL player, maybe not uh, a, a star. But I think he's a guy who could, you know, have a cup of coffee in the NFL and maybe uh, get some money while he's there. And so I think, again, we wish him the best and we hope he can um, add something to, to what Dana trying to build in Houston. As the transfer portal becomes a thing, Gerald, at some point we're going to have to do a where are they now uh, one of these shows and catch up on where everyone exactly landed uh, who left. And, of course, we know who's come in because we talk about them all the time. Um, but uh, a little tr- transfer portal recap because there's uh, there's a good amount uh, that have come or gone uh, both ways. So we'll, we'll dive into that one of these shows. Um, Gerald, let's move it on to our closing segment. Uh, what have you, besides the... Uh, drinking the Kool-Aid, uh, hilarious Texas video by our, our uh, Texas social media star, Kieran. Uh, if you haven't seen it, there, there is a perfectly two-sided conversation that we've all had with ourselves uh, about exactly how into the season we're not going to let ourselves get burnt, but how desperately we want to believe. What else have you been watching on your giant screen, Gerald? Godzilla Tron. There's a reason why that kid has like half a million uh, Twitter followers or TikTok followers, but uh, not a ton of, of watching this weekend. It was a uh, it was obviously Easter, so we did like the whole family Easter thing on Sunday, and then Saturday, my uh, oldest son and I finally got him. He's finally at an age where he can actually like be helpful when we do projects and stuff, and so uh, he and I built a uh, backyard vegetable garden for my wife. So like we built stand, we built the frame of it, and we he and I he helped me move like three quarters of a ton of gardening soil so uh not a ton of watching was done this weekend i did uh finish an audiobook while uh, he was having his afternoon break you know he's five so i don't expect him to give me a full day of work in the yard quite yet uh so when he was inside i finished an audiobook uh, a series i actually started when he was a baby i started rocking him uh to sleep one night it's the alex virus um wizard series. it's like a, a, a british wizard thing but it's kind of very um 
it's got a lot of like Game of Thronesy, like political intrigue back and forth, and people playing sides. It's got a bit. It's got you know the big fantasy wizard battle at the end. But I like the way that they do the magic in it because it's not like a lot of. Um, at least the main character is not like waving a wand and doing weird stuff. His type of magic is just like he can predict what people are going to do, and he can kind of use that to his advantage. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a somewhat satisfying end to that series um and then i haven't done it yet but this week i'm going to be watching the batman because we didn't feel like getting a sitter to go like we wanted to get a sitter but it never really lined up with the plans and i managed to like dodge spoilers somehow between like it's theatrical release like six weeks ago and it hitting hbo max so that'll be uh my my wife is committed to watching a three-hour Batman movie with me, and so that'll be our like weekend like date night viewing. Will be that I'll pop some popcorn and rubber feet to make up for her sitting through a three-hour Batman movie. You're a gentleman, and you know how to compromise, uh, Gerald. I I, uh, I love that you you always bring some audio into this. We may have to make this the. Uh, uh, Godzilla Tron brought to you by Craig Way <laughs> just to cover all of our, our bases there. But uh, no, I, I, I also audioed a bit as I, I was traveling, uh, caught up on some podcasts. But I did, unfortunately, have some time to watch uh, things because I got stuck on a uh, on a tarmac for three hours coming home from New Orleans last weekend. It was all good because... You know, somehow I have this ability on Southwest to, to be the last middle seat left. I don't know if I look intimidating or people don't want to sit between my wife and I when she takes the window seat. I don't know what it is. Uh, been very lucky. But uh, so we had a row to ourselves and three hours to kill. Uh, so we just, you know, fired up the uh, fired up the apps and, and saw what we could stream. Uh, and we went for something easy that would make us feel good. And also we had eaten a ton uh, that weekend. So everything that we really watched this past week fit the theme of, of food related. Uh, we watched Ratatouille on the, uh, on the tarmac. Mm. And I just, I, one of my favorite animated films, I mean, look, there's the, the, the classic toy stories and the, and the tear jerkers of up and, you know, people love Wally and I get it. There's some great, animated films but i really put ratatouille up there in that that mount rushmore uh of of films uh animated films i think it's it's charming and adorable and funny and i also love food so maybe i'm an easy mark but uh my wife had only watched it once like when it first came out and she was much 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 younger mm. and watching it as an adult to understand a little bit more uh of of it and and also again as someone who she loves to cook and loves to eat with me. I think had a had a deeper appreciation. We're we're actually going to Paris for the first time this summer, so maybe that was it. I don't know. Maybe it's that we were sitting on a tarmac trying not to go crazy, sharing uh, AirPods. But either way, it was adorable, <laughs> and I loved it. And pretty much the only other thing I watched this week was uh, Top Chef. I caught up. Yeah. I don't know if you're all caught up, but um, I'm loving the Houston season maybe i'm a bias because it's it's houston um but i think there's like four really 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 maybe five good shafts and we're getting to the part where most of the the wheat has been separated from the shaft and i don't know if we're spoiling anything for anyone so maybe i won't say names but the goofy guy who can't taste anything uh how is he uh, winning (laughs) i don't know i love it evelyn who i have as a houston each time uh i have eaten at kin uh, they pop up at the, the night market, uh, not far from my house. And, uh, so I've eaten her food at least twice and it was phenomenal every time. I was excited when I saw she was on the show actually. Um, so I'm obviously rooting for her and, and I'm always rooting for Selena. So, um, yeah, I think, I think 
those plus DeMar plus Buddha, who I, I thought from the beginning had a good shot, uh, seem to be the the kind of the, the fab four here uh, that have separated themselves in, in, in my brain. I mean, if you didn't expect Kyle to Kyle and I to dive into uh, Top Chef uh, spoilers, I apologize that you showed up here and we spoiled Top Chef for you. No, I, it's it's been a good season. And again, seeing Houston, the barbecue, up, the brisket episode was great. Like I loved seeing uh, Texas barbecue featured and making these you know, chefs figure out how to smoke a brisket properly and slice a brisket properly. I'm a big believer that, um, and you and I talked about this offline in a separate conversation that like the person who's cutting the brisket is just as important as the person who's smoking the brisket. Cause it's, it's very important job and, and lets the pit masters, um, vision, make it to your tray. Gerald, what would you call that person? What did you call that person <laughs> in our group text that got an audible lull out of uh, the bar mitzah? Is what we went with the barista. <laughs> I mean, that's good. That's guys. If you have listened all the way into the end of this uh, podcast through our entertainment <laughs> views, you just got your award. That's what you were working for. Was Gerald giving you the new term that you'll never forget? The barista, that he who who uh, takes from the pitmaster and cuts and, and and transports that meat a step closer to your gullet. Um, I think that's it, Gerald. I think that's the finish line. That is it. And that's all we've got for you. Thankfully. This week, Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carb. You can also follow Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. If it ain't burnt, it ain't turned. Applies to burn ends as well. <laughs>